0: so the biggest struggle i faced was i'm with someone that i love and care about spend a lot of time with she has changed so to understand or try and make sense of i'm with it feels like a different person it's very confusing then that got triggering for me so that triggers stuff of abandonment now that triggers some real deep old pain in me
1: Welcome to the Menopause Mindset Podcast, the place to get some answers and feel supported along this often a bumpy journey. Many people sail through menopause, but many people don't. And so my guests and I are here to motivate you and inspire you so that you can make menopause a happier transition for yourself and for your loved ones. I'm Sally Garozzo, an award-winning clinical hypnotherapist, a menopause educator, and I can't wait to share my passion about wellness and how we navigate these changes and transitions. So come on then, let's dive in. So, my guest today is Sal Jeffries. Sal is a human performance and behavior coach using his own pioneering system of mindset, mood, and movement to help people overcome challenges in life and business. So, Sal, Jeffries, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Sally. It's lovely to be here. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one because I get to share, as uh, your listeners will know, some professional input, but a lot of my personal stories. So um, (laughs) I'm slightly apprehensive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm super, super um, interested in the male perspective and the partner perspective on menopause. So so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're on board with that. So I have a first question to satisfy my own curiosity. I think of Sal as a girl's name. I've been called Sal all my life. My name's Sally and it's really unusual to see Sal on a fella. So is it sure for anything?
0: It's just Sal. It's a silly nickname that a lot of us when we were in our 20s kind of swapped names and had nicknames. And uh, a group of people in my early dance and clubbing days, were we used to change names. And, and I got lumped with Sal. It was just one of these silly things that came up. And everyone's like, oh, this is Sal and this is Sal. And it kind of stuck. And the funny thing is, is with nicknames, often people get this uh, enjoyment of calling each other names. I, I had a friend called uh, Jack, but he was John. But who was jacked, everyone. And and it kind of stuck. So everyone I met was, oh, this is Sal. And it's and it was kind of playful to begin with. And then it stuck. But no, it's not my given name by on my birth certificate. But I like it. And I'm sure you'll vibe with it. Sal's a Sal or Saliza. <laughs> Great I love name. it.
1: I have to say, I think it's really cool on a guy. I really do. The f- I saw, um, I watched a film, can't remember the name of the film, but there was a guy called Kelly. And my best friend at the time was Kelly. And I was like, my God, that, I love it, this sort of changing names, but yeah, it's great. Anyway, on to the matter in hand. Um, first question for you, what was your understanding about menopause before your partner started experiencing it?
0: Okay, so I've been around menopause with my current partner, uh, a previous partner, and my older sister. So I've been around it for quite a few years, but to go back before that was probably this sad brushstroke understanding that if something happens to women of a certain age what a yeah. terrible phrase that is but women of a certain age roughly mid-50s early 60s they'll probably get hot and sweaty and a bit grumpy and that's the general broad stroke uh, I guess cultural knowledge that I was given mm. and that was it so no one had ever said hey this is what's going to happen to your older sister or your mom or whatever so it was very limited Mm -hmm. And it was through direct experience in my personal field uh, and in my coaching practice with my female clients that I started to become very exposed to what this whole menopause really is. Not what the, it's night sweats only. And that's no, no, it's huge. There's so many variations and experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because I spend a lot of time with women, I have a female partner. I have a lot of female clients that this is fundamental. And men, uh, certainly for me, I have to know because I'm in a relationship and I think for guys we also can see things from the outside perspective. You know, yeah. we, we know if our partner is a bit different or if your sibling uh, or your business partner, if it's female, is different. So there is a vital understanding because we are together in this. That's what, I, what my experience has brought me to understand.
1: Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, because I think we do have, even women have a really limited knowledge of menopause, not so much now, because it's definitely coming out in the open. But in the past, it was just like your period stop, you get a bit hot. And that's that. But as we know, there's so much more to it than that. So when did you first start noticing that something was a bit different with your partner? And how did you react to it internally?
0: Yeah, so it's a really good question. Because it, it sneaks up this stuff. It's not something where crash overnight, everyone's well aware, oh, this is what's going on. It's, there's these subtle changes. I think the biggest changes were the changes in mood. And so when uh, my partner's a very uh, vivacious, energetic, vibrant human being, uh, and the mood was going low. Now, I, obviously, I'm privy to understanding how the nervous system works because my coaching practice. Yeah. So she was going into what we would call depression. And what neurologically we'd call a shutdown state or freeze state. Yes. More often than not. Now, of course, the menstrual cycle can put a woman through this, and you can be, you know, more elevated, more up, and have those kind of quieter, retreating areas, and that's absolutely natural. But when it becomes a more constant theme, like a longer period of time, alarm bells are ringing. Like, okay, what's going on here? How come you've gone into this depressed state or this, you know, kind of shutdown state? What's going on? And that was the first tell, you know, Mm. because there was no causation as such. It wasn't like something had happened and it's like, this is what's happened. It was simply the shift in mood and staying constant. And particularly for certainly my partner was the shutdown state. Right. Or what most people might call uh, a slightly depressed state.
1: Yeah. So for those people that are listening that don't really understand the shutdown state and the freeze state, could you explain that a little bit more?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'll I'll just very quickly take you through. So we respond in, to put it bluntly, four ways in life to responses and actions and stresses. We have flow state where we're feeling socially engaged, we're happy, we're safe, life's good. You know, everything's good. We can get triggered. What most people know is the uh, stress uh, response. So there's fight, which is moving towards a problem, not necessarily aggression, but moving towards a challenge or a problem, uh, and there's some energy towards that. There's the flight state, like, I don't want to talk about this. I've got to get out of here. Leave me alone. I need to leave this, this feeling or the situation. And the freeze state is, I, I can't even talk. I've got nothing to say. I've got no energy. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. So the freeze state is, is natural. It's, it's called dorsal vagal neurologically. Mm-hmm. And we go into that if we need to regress and hide away. The problem with that is that is all mediated by biochemistry, So, of course, women are going through a huge shift in estrogen, uh, progesterone, all the different chemistry uh, balances that can trigger that shutdown state. And then you've got someone who's basically, quote, nothing wrong with them as such, but they're shut down. Yeah. And that's really, really confusing to start with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced it myself. And I think that um, the contribution for that is going, 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 going too much in that fight state and then the body's amazing chemistry and neurology takes over and shuts you down and puts you into the free state which is actually a restorative state but we label it as depression and then we end up becoming immobilized by it and not being able to get out of it but if we understand that it's like a, a scale and we just need to surrender to it for a moment maybe uh, a little bit more introspection a little bit more journaling a little bit more kindness to ourselves so we can slowly build our energy back up again then that, it, it kind of becomes medicine in a way but actually so many people don't really understand what the free state is and so we get caught up in it and we become really isolated and and depressed um because of it and it's it's interesting that your partner that was the first thing because that was my first thing well my first thing was anxiety and then hit burnout and freeze because of the insomnia what were um, how, how did you broach things with your partner? Because that's always interesting, the conversations that I had between people.
0: So the first thing I started with, well, I'm a bloke. <laughs> so I'm quite practical. Yeah. I'm also pretty, pretty deep in psychology and neurology and how the system works. That's what I love to do. So I have already, I guess, a lot of knowledge I can work with. And the first thing I said to her was like, listen, look, you, you seem kind of shut down. I didn't know, we didn't know at that time that it was perimenopause sort of starting its its, um, its, um, its curve. You know, it was coming on. Uh, and my suggestion was, well, what we know neurologically, is someone's in a shutdown state, we have to go into an active state. And so I said, let's go cold water swimming. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's a funny story to this. I mean, when I saw cold water, <laughs> I think this is August or September in uh, Brighton. So the water's actually had its warmest, and I'm all right with that. So we went in cold water, but she she hadn't done cold water, you know, sea swimming for a very very long time. So we went in because I knew that would shift the system. Yeah, yeah. Because we're triggering the stress response uh, under control. I did a bit of breath work with her to help her regulate, and that was helpful because I think several things. Firstly, we know that that going into cold water can help you shift. Yeah, uh, and I know a lot of other women who have menopausal um, experiences have found cold water exposure very good. Yeah. The other thing around that is the feeling of, I have some power. And I would say that most shutdown states, there's a powerlessness to it. There's Definitely. like, you know, what can I do? I just, it just sucks. It's horrible. Whereas if we can help someone, whether it's the partner or yourself, get out of that stuck state, that shutdown and I have no power, there's a feeling of movement to it. So that was the first thing um, that we explored together. Of course, all of this is like through permission. Like, yeah. Do you want to try this? Should we, should we give it a shot and see what happens? And, and and this is a long curve. Like this was coming over, um, I think, probably a year. So it was, you know, the period um, cycle was completely normal. So there were no tells there that that was going on. Okay. But, of course, someone who's north of 40 is really ready for perimenopause. Because I was you know, led to believe that it should be 50s and 60s. But a lot of women I know, um, you know, late 30s and 40s are in perimenopause. So, you know, if you're roughly that age, then this is some of the signaling we should be looking for. Yeah
1: yeah interesting okay so cold cold water therapy was good so you're you're a bit of a fixer um and and I get that I'm a fixer too (laughs) I love problem solving I'm a partner is as well how did she respond to that though was she okay with that or were there moments where she was like don't fucking try and change me
0: (laughs) well I don't change anyone and that was never the forte so it was like look you're in this state should we try this because I know this works And it was an invitation. So we have a very balanced relationship where there's no power indifference it's it's a collaboration Um, i love that (laughs) yeah it has to be right
1: (laughs) i think so many couples can learn from that because there is often a power struggle and an ego struggle and women just wanting to feel validated and men just wanted to you know have it have that sort of hero injury and want to be able to fix and scoop up and get their validation from helping their partner but it has to be like you say collaboration we'll talk more about that in a minute. what were what What were some of the other symptoms that she had? So she had this shutdown. Were there anything any other symptoms?
0: Hmm. Good question. I'm Just thinking through. I think rage was then the next one that's coming up. My my dear sister called it Perry Rage, which is <laughs> a great term. Is it Perry Rage? But you know that feeling of like you're at you're at tipping point. If someone says one thing and it's going to go off, yeah. uh, and she uh i mean i'm very good at reading faces and she (laughs) she can't hide her facial expressions from me i'm like hmm i think there's something going on today uh uh, but she was she did her very best to kind of shield me from it but here's the thing it's in the room anyway you know someone's not how they you know them to be it's in the room you're kind of getting it even if you're not that observant and she would try hard to shield me from that you know those feelings of anger that were coming up and yeah i was on the receiving end you know Anger is a body thing. You can feel it. Literally, You can feel someone seething and they go, Oh no, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. Uh, You're just so not. So that was the other big one, that shift. And so there's that big seesaw you were speaking of, that shutdown to people might call it anxiety and anger. It's it's this extreme states were sort of oscillating between the two. And and that made for a very difficult house, you know, a very difficult home. When you want to Mm -hmm. speak to someone that you love and care of about, and they're not really present because they're either quite shut down or they're you know, seething with rage. And it's not anger at anybody. It's, it's anger as an experience.
1: My curiosity led me to think, was there anything specific that she was enraged about? Because I know that at this time in our lives, we can become enraged about the tiniest things, but also there's like this backlog of resentment that tends to pop up. Um, Was she able to communicate with you um, about this rage?
0: Yeah, we spoke about it, and it seemed to sort of um, how can we say? It felt like I mean the description of the the cup being full or the you know your bucket being full. Yeah, just one more thing tips you over the edge. That feeling of I'm full up. I'm just Um, so that was seemingly, but it wasn't actually causation as such. It wasn't like it was about this about that. So clearly the biochemistry was amping up these experiences yeah. or amping up the experience her experience of life and it wasn't a problem as such but the emotion was there.
1: Mm. How did she discharge the rage?
0: Mm, good that's a really good question um by speaking about it I think it was the most important thing and thankfully she comes uh, had already been coming training with me so I do a lot of SNC training strength and conditioning yeah uh and one of the big things that was really helpful was to when you go heavy, when you lift heavy, yeah. like something really heavy, like a deadlift or a squat, and it's a very heavy weight, it processes a lot. You know, it's a very, it's a stressor. So you can go out physical exercise and you can express, you can express anger in a healthy way. You know, if you're carrying a, your body weight in a sandbag across the room, you've got to be switched on. Yeah. yeah. That's not a Zen state to be in. That's fight mode. So we actually were able to process that through exercise to, to a large extent. But it was conversation, which was the key between us. So like what's going on here rather than that escalating into a kind of, you know, a relational problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Coming back to what you said about rage and like power. I do think rage is power. Um, And obviously you can misdirect that power or you can direct it in a much healthier direction. For me, I noticed like, Things around the house that were typically a bit of a pain in the neck, like pulling the curtains across, they often got stuck. When I was enraged, I would literally whoosh whoosh the curtains across and they would just go right to where they needed to be. So, And I recognised that as well. Like When I had a lot of anger in my system, when I was powered up by the rage, my God, I could lift heavy. And it felt fantastic to actually use all of that and put it back into my body in a positive purpose for a positive purpose.
0: Yeah, so uh, so interesting to hear you say that. I'm uh, I'm such an advocate of this. Um, there is, I, I mean, I've been I've been a yoga teacher for many years. Some people know me of that identity. Uh, in the more recent years, I've got into CrossFit and strength and conditioning. So I'm now an SNC trainer as well as psychotherapist and coach. I, I do how human performance works on every level, and what I have seen seen firsthand with my own experience of life as a human, as a man, as a midlife man, and what I've seen with my partner, what I've seen with other females I've uh, been working with, that there's a place to calm everything down. You know, there is a place to do some breath work, to go to a yoga class, and to, to get more zen. I, I totally agree, and a lot of us need that. I think there's also something around uh, we need to let the anger out. Mm. we net if we start closing it down we got suppression if we start making it bad we have shame yeah so the minute you start denying a part of yourself you've already got a problem yeah. and it's a war zone internally mm. so if you don't allow yourself if you're fuming at something you're like no idea it's like damn that curtain and you it's not okay to show it it's going to come out somewhere
1: yeah
0: and it might come out you know at the coworker. it might come out at your partner It might come out your children so i would say understand that anger needs to be expressed healthily yeah. And as you beautifully said, anger is power. You know, if you're uh, – I like sprint training and jump training, so plyometrics. You can really explode your whole nervous system. So jumping is one of the things that uses more what's called rate coding in the nervous system, like more neurons fire. So if you jump, do box jumps, floor jumps, that, full power, full power, you can really use that explosiveness Yeah, in a healthy, controlled, intelligent way.
1: Are there ways to – do that what you've just said that plyometric speed power if someone's not used to moving maybe they're carrying a bit of extra weight they haven't really been in the gym for a very long time but they have this sort of build up of energy is there a way of discharging the the anger or the the power that they're feeling that doesn't involve star jumps or getting from the floor to the ceiling
0: because i would imagine that
1: puts people off you know if they're not able to to do all of those things. It
0: could do, yeah. Someone might have a disability. Someone might have a, a physiology and a, a body structure that doesn't allow that kind of movement to some degree. But there's various things you can do. You know, speaking is a, is a motor skill, right? It's a physical movement, speaking. Like the voice box is a motor skill. So if you were to scream yeah. literally at full pelt, that is a, a way of expressing, Now, of course, if you start screaming, be very careful where you are because you might have the police call because who knows what. So, yeah, choose your space. It might be into the pillow, but uh, it could be that you just hit the pillow. know, do not hurt your knuckles or something, but slap that pillow that's on the sofa. Make sure no one's around, no animals, and and just allow that expression. However it's expressed, if you can express it physically, because it's biochemicals in the body are physical, they are chemical components, They they interact with the musculature and the nervous system. Expressing something physically is powerful Mm. because sometimes it's the charge needs to be dispersed. So, yes, it might look like jumping or sprinting for someone who's more active. It might look like getting the pillow and just hammering the hell out of it Mm. in the lounge. But if you suppress the anger, that's not going to go well for you. It's going to cause dis-ease.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, there's a lot
0: of, lot of stuff on this. So I would say, firstly, accept it, name it, accept it, remove the shame, and then find strategies to uh, to, to, to get rid of that, not get rid, sorry, to express it. Because mm. if it's slapping the pillow, like, give me five minutes, rah, for one person. And if another person is like, I'm going to go for a run, and then the finish my run, I'm going to go for a sprint. I'm just going to rah. Yeah. Or boxing. I do boxing as well. You know, anything that is all about expression physically, Mm. find a way to express have intelligence about him so you're not it's not hitting people that's not okay shouldn't be doing that you need to self, you need some self-control here but if we try and suppress then we've got a problem so self-control is very different to suppression
1: mm. perfect thank you for laying that out that's brilliant um So what were some of the struggles that you faced, Sal, as your partner was going through the freeze, the rage? I don't know if she had hot flushes or insomnia or anything like that. Um, So what, what struggles did you face and how did you look after yourself?
0: So the biggest struggle I faced was I'm with someone that I love and care about, spend a lot of time with. She has changed. So to understand or try and make sense of I'm with, it feels like a different person. Mm. It's very confusing. Then that got triggering for me. Mm. So that triggers stuff of abandonment. That triggers some real deep old pain in me of being abandoned. Because when someone's not present, they can be in the room, but if someone's not really present, they're not present. So this is where we have to be very careful, certainly as the partner of um, someone going through menopause, is that you can get triggered, and then you've got your stuff, and they've got their stuff. So I felt um, very unsafe. It triggered a lot of my old stuff that I needed to go and do some therapy on. And one of the things that happened for me is I went into shutdown state. So I, I just was not able to speak about it. And there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, my upbringing, being mad, being shamed for speaking, all these kind of things that are layered into my, my experience of life. But not speaking is a problem because it's still there. Uh, Not naming your own pain as a man is a problem because you're having it. So on some way, it was like a mirror image Mm. of what's going on in the other, what's going on in me with my Mm. stuff being triggered. You know, shutdown coming in one way, not being able to speak, which is a form of suppression in another. And, And old stuff being dragged up, old stuff being dragged up. So yeah it's very important to name it It could happen so if you're a guy this this can happen that person you know and love might become a very different human being yeah and then what happens when you don't feel loved anymore that's hard what happens when you get triggered if it's some old backstory of yours that's got pain in it it's not resolved it needs dealing with so i would heartily recommend speak seek some kind of help it would it's always therapy for me for that it's a therapeutic healing yeah um and to understand that this is going on. So denial is a terrible idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's not happening. It is happening and it hurts. So yeah, so that was really difficult. Um, and the other strategy really was to name this. I mean, thankfully, my partner, partner and I have a, a very honest relationship. And we've always been able to speak candidly. Uh, and and of course, I started to find the the right words to say in the right time for me. It's like, this is what's going on for me. And then two people started to come out, well, this is my experience, and this is my experience. So we're not trying to change each other. We're simply naming it and understanding it. And while that was painful and hurtful, and it wasn't magic, it didn't make it better straight away, it did at least relieve the pressure valve of, I've been seen. Yeah. And I've been heard.
1: Yeah. What's coming up for me there when you talk about that is this idea of nonviolent communication, which can be really hard if you're feeling abandoned unsafe vengeful rageful all of that but actually just naming how it is for you with the other person with a polite request that they don't react that they just hold space for you I'm actually doing a training course at the moment at the moment in holding space which is so interesting um and it's sort of like this idea of creating a bowl or a container for that person um, to speak about what it is that they're feeling um, without judgment. And I think what that does for the other person is increases their understanding of how it is for you. And that might not be a quick understanding. It might be like, well, it's all right for him feeling like that, but I'm feeling like this in the moment. But once you've had that information and you've had time to let the dust settle... It does, like for me, it really made me feel like um, my partner does have feelings. He's, you know, my words do have consequences. Um, I do have the capacity to hurt my partner. Even before, stupidly, if I didn't think that was possible, um, it just makes everything a little bit more aware. So I think that's really valuable, what, what you've said there and what you've contributed to, to this conversation, uh, helping helping people to become aware that their words, their actions, their behaviours do have consequences and, and how that might impact their partner. Because, yeah, like we we want to have these healthy, happy relationships. We can't do that if we're constantly in this power struggle.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, beautifully said. I would just add to that, uh, I work with language to some degree, if we speak from the eye, it's undeniable. So I'm hurting, I feel abandoned, or I feel like I don't know you right now mm-hmm. would be valid and true. And it's undeniable. Someone can't argue with that. But if it's like you've abandoned me and you, you don't love me anymore, we, we're already into finger pointing. We're already into blaming. And the minute someone is pointing the finger at us, we will by default defend ourselves. Yeah. And that is the premise of an argument. So speak from the eye is the, is the simplest way I would say NBC works. So nonviolent communication, talk from your own experience. So for me, I'm feeling this is confusing or for me, I feel hurt. It feels like when I was a kid, whatever that for me line is, that will stand all of us in better stead. And by the way, I mean, I'm really good at this stuff and I found it so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I actually do this for a living and I was like, Oh, I'm squirming. I'm kind of sweating a bit. It's awkward because as a man feeling weak and vulnerable is still tantamount to a terrible feeling of shame like you're not you're not man enough if you can't handle this we've still got it, certainly those of us midlife, that feeling weak is shameful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and of course, we might have muscles, but emotional strength that's a whole different game and to, to bear that side of things can be so daunting for men yeah. that we don't even go there because not only we don't we don't have the skills but it's so scary. Like, no, I'm not talking about it. I'll I'll close it down because it's easier. So if you're a guy, then start small steps. You know, it doesn't need to be an eloquent speech. Just like, can we have a chat for five minutes? You know, start like that. Like, I'm finding this quite difficult today. Just something as basic as that will yeah. start those conversational balls rolling.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's just something really easy, just so, sort of like tapping into how you're feeling. Um, and even if you can't articulate it, just say, I, I can't articulate it, but there's something going on inside me um, that I feel I need to get out. And also practice. I think that, you know, this is <laughs> – I know – Graham and I, like at the beginning of our relationship, we were just blowing up all over the place. But thankfully, he's in mental health now. He's a mental health nurse. So he has these difficult conversations with teenagers all of the time. And he's brought that back into our relationship, which is wonderful. And so we have these conversations a lot. So it's, and it's the regularity with which we're open that makes it easier, I think. So just start and then build your practice. And see it as a practice, like a meditation practice as well. I love what you said there about the I, the I being undeniable, because nobody can dispute what is your lived experience. Yeah. Thank you for sharing
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Uh, And just to caveat that. So it's still not easy for me. To speak up, even though that's what I do, because this is suddenly me. This is my heart, these are my feelings. Yeah. So when I'm the coach or guiding people, it's 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 fairly easy for me because it's a space I'm very comfortable in. When it comes to my stuff, it's very triggering, and what can happen is that it's not the present day version of me that's speaking, it's often the early me, the child part of me, the early small part of my brain means that's speaking that's that's yeah. hurt, and and that is tough. But It's happening anyway. So here's what I make sense of myself. So if I'm already struggling, it's happening. I'm already having a difficult feeling and I don't like it. So either speaking about it or not speaking about it, it doesn't, it's not going to go anywhere. So it'd be better to speak of it, to shift it. Uh, um, Sometimes my partner and I, we have a conversation, we make space for each other. And we literally like, I don't know, (laughs) I literally don't know what I think right now. I don't know what I feel like now, but it's like, okay, thanks. And what's going on for you? No idea. I feel terrible, but I can't really articulate it okay, even that is still good enough because we have given space uh, Mm. and care to the other person. And being seen or being heard is just so, so important on both sides because you're both in it. Menopause is a family or marriage or partnership thing. It ain't just a woman thing.
1: Oh, thank you. Yay. (laughs) I could give you a hug right now, Sal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could be a... a an ally all day long um how do you finish those conversations with your partner when you've, you've brought something up there is that potential for things to get a bit vulnerable a bit like maybe sparks do fly a little bit how do you finish it off so that you can then go right come on let's go make dinner or whatever
0: we have a hug yeah. it's as simple as that embrace hug Physical contact, you know, because sometimes if we're busy with our working lives, uh, if she doesn't want to be too connected physically because of whatever's going on with the hormones, then it's a simple hug, you know, that feeling that is special between you and your partner, yeah. that is. And of course, we know some stuff scientifically like that will lift oxytocin and various good chemicals in the brain. But keep it simple. Just ha- have a hug, embrace, yeah. hold each other for a for as you know, ideally at least a good twenty seconds. Just just hold each other. Uh, and there's something magical about that. And there's no words need to be said in that point. You, yeah. You're done with the talk. <laughs> yes. And so that's how I finish. And, and you know, you're right. It's, it's a bit like taking a shower, huh? You know, if you want to stay fresh, you grab a shower. But if you just took one shower and didn't bother for a few months, you know, you, you're going to not smell so fresh. It's the same with this. It, it, it's It is a daily or, you know, frequent practice. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be therapy sessions. It just needs to be time and respect and contact. And that does seem in my experience to make a very big difference
1: mm, yeah i love that that hugging is such a brilliant way um, the thing that we're doing in the space holding sessions is we we sort of open the circle and close the circle um we say the circle is now open and then the sharing starts and the the um, active listening and reflecting back. And then once it's finished, it's like the circle is now closed. I don't think you need to be as formal as that in your relationship. But I think something that sort of marks the beginning and the end of that conversation can be quite important because then as well, you're not leaking it into other parts of your day where it, you might have this like static, this noise in your energy field, this whole stuff going on that it's actually... Um, a nice safe container for you to to share in, yeah. Um, okay, this is uh, I don't know if this is con- a contentious question. I'm not sure, but anyway, I'll say it anyway. Is there anything that she could have done differently to have to have made it easier for you to support her?
0: Hmm, that is an interesting question. Well, what I can say is that through our experience of this has been going on for I think, a good couple of years now is that when she was going through these cycles, you know, these episodic cycles of, you know, low or more anger or more confusion or, or fine. Or, you know, three months of life, I feel me, me again. Like, oh my God, there she is. It's the real you. Hmm. I, I think there seems to be, I guess I can equate. It. It's a little bit like being drunk. So when you're drunk, you, you're not going to make so much sense, but you can't really change that because the alcohol has messed with your chemistry and your, and your brain. Yeah. And I do wonder if that's partly how it was, certainly from my partner's experience, that you can't really do much more than you're doing in that moment because yeah. your biochemistry, your chemistry sets all over the place. It's all muddled up. So the biggest thing has been that we're still connected at its core root, however that is, and it's normally conversation. It could be holding hands as we go for a walk the hug after, chat, she- but if I feel disconnected, I can then start to go in defensive mode. So it's always about just recognize that perhaps if it's your partner, reach out it could be a hug. It could be a quick chat, holding hands, but that acknowledgement of I'm still here, yeah. even though this is tough, I know this is horrible, but it's still me underneath this. Yeah. Let's just stay steady. I think that's the, Oh, thank God that I need to hear. And that's the only thing I could say to that, to that question. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it is really important for, because I think we can find, find moments. I know I have, it's hard, but I think we can find those moments in amongst the rage or the despair or the grief or the hot flushes, um, to actually just put a hand on our partner's shoulder and go, I know this is hard. I'm really struggling. I can see you're struggling, but I'm still here. Like, yeah, that's actually made me feel a bit tearful. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, How has this experience affected your view or understanding of? women's health especially with your clients as well like how do you do things differently with your clients now because of this knowledge?
0: Well firstly I, I say that, you know I'm an ally to women and I have no idea what a men pause feels like but I can tell you what it's like on the outside and I can tell you a lot of knowledge and share a lot of stories from my personal world and my professional world uh, and I've got female clients that often are founders or they're freelancers or something like that and these are super intelligent women and I coach them in in that capacity And when they say I'm really struggling today with brain fog, I'm like, okay, this isn't because you've lost your high level of intellect. This isn't because you're uh, not working hard. This is probably because your chemistry straights out of whack. So how can you work with that? Because if you run a business or you run a family, you still got to keep going. And it's like, don't deny this stuff, learn about it. I think one of the biggest things I've learned about all life, but particularly menopause is the more you understand the more we can make sense of something. The more we make sense of something, it is not a fearful experience. So The fear fear is kind of diminished out of it. Then we can do something about it, even if it's simply like, I'm just going to sit and watch a movie tonight. That's all I've got, and that's fine. Or today is a tough day. I've got brain fog, so I'll clear my diary and I'll shift my meetings to the next week. Fine. But if you don't know what's going on and you're fighting through it, that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So I share with a lot of my female clients that, that here's what menopause might do for you or happen to you. And these are some things you can consider. Uh, and also engaging. I've got male clients whose partners are going through menopause. Um, as one person in particular, I'm thinking of super busy, very successful woman in his space, was going home for a while and being the home life was not good. And he brought it to coaching it was like, you know, home, home's tough at the moment. I asked why, what's going on? Of course, menopause was the, the conversation. And I said, well, look, if you're going to do all this stuff with your business and the great stuff we're working on, you need to take care of home. Cause if your home is destabilized and you've got such, you know, go, stuff going on with your work, it's, it's going to be too much. You need a steady rock to that. So take care of it, you know, speak to your partner, name it. And we had a conversation man to man about like, This is what some of the things you could do. Like we've already spoken about those conversations, speak from the eye, ask them, show consideration, learn a little bit more. Uh, And it made a huge shift in his personal world. And of course, that helped him with his work because he felt his home wasn't destabilized anymore. Mm. He was starting to deal with it. So the more we know as women, as men, as partners, um, colleagues and friends, we're all going to be affected by him. You know, it's sort of like it's not raining here. Well, you know, <laughs> the rain's coming. So everything affects everything. I think it's so, so important to not fool yourself. Certainly as a man, not fool yourself, that it's not really going to affect you and you'll be all right.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we all know someone that's going to go through menopause or is going through menopause. And if we can deepen our understanding, I don't think we can understand enough. It's like there's no limit on our understanding. I think we can understand more the most powerful thing i think for men to do as well is ask questions to their partners like what is this like for you i mean i would love to be asked that question <laughs> i love it and it, and actually holding space for them is so transformative so powerful is going to reduce those stress hormones which we know play havoc um, at menopause. So yeah, if, if the men listening to this or, or the women listening to this want to share this tip with their partners, that one question, what is it like for you? Yeah. And actually be curious. Yeah.
0: And I think that's such a lovely exercise, isn't it? You know, set that out perhaps, um, in the evening people meet, meet, say afterwards, Oh, Hey, how was your day? You know, the kind of classic. Yeah. And often it's a very kind of brush. Oh, it's fine. It's busy, but actually like, how has this been for you bearing in mind you're going through menopause like what's your day really been like Mm -hmm. would be a great question from a guy and perhaps from from a woman to how have you dealt with today i know it's been a rough one let's say it's a difficult period how have you found today questions are vehicles of attention and when we really ask a great question it, it puts attention somewhere but i think the caveat is this go quiet stop trying to find the answer to speak up and certainly don't be a man and fix it perhaps don't be a female and trying to assume simply go quiet and, and as best you can hear what that person's saying not just the words but the tonality the mm-hmm. subtext when you say i'm fine right if you wrote that down oh they're fine but you heard in the edge in that there was anger when i find there's an edge in my throat so when you hear that you say i'm not sure you are should we a bit of a chat about it yeah. would be so much more important and powerful than to go. Oh, he said he's fine. Or <laughs> so listen to that subtlety. And this, you don't need to be a linguistic master. To do this. You just need to be present. Yeah, and respectful, uh, and just go a bit quiet as best you can. A bit quiet in yourself and ask that question and, and not try to find a rebound answer. Just by, Oh wow! You know, listen and absorb and. And I tell you what, when we do it to someone else, they do it to us normally because it's lovely. It's really like, oh, God, you actually asked me a question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: It's so nice.
1: It's a wonderful feeling. It really mm. is. And actually just creating the space uh, in those spaces, so much healing can happen. Just, Just even if it's the slowing down because we're rushing, rush, 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 rush. It doesn't do any good for our, our our brain fog or our stress hormones or anything like that. But when we just yeah. slow down a little bit, which I'm trying to do a lot more now.
0: Yeah, cool. Sally, can I just name something? So, I had a client. Uh, I won't speak who they are, but I had a client, and she was going through menopause and or perimenopause. That the whole process, uh, and a lot of stuff was coming up for her that was coming into our coaching work. And I, and my my kind of trauma alert flag was up. Like so this is beyond my my skill set. That I don't work with this. And we had a conversation, very honest. Uh, and there's some early childhood stuff that happened, right? Some bad stuff. And this was starting to come back into this person's thinking, this person's awareness. It's you know, a long time ago, and it's like that's interesting. And and they said, well, it kind of happened when I was a young sort of young girl. And I remember she said she remember going through her first periods and puberty and the change and how difficult that was. And of course, that body change is happening again through menopause you know the all those physiological changes yeah. um and my suggestion to, to that person was I, I suggested some some people to speak to a tra- trauma specialist because actually the old echo of trauma was starting to get shouted out in this person's mind and and, and they needed to work it through so again it's to be tough if you think oh i had some you know i've dealt with that years ago yeah. maybe stuff comes up maybe that's what the anger's about or something's about Again, be honest with yourself first. that's be honest with your partner second. And then seek help. You know, if, if our Mac or iPhone breaks or car breaks, you're straight to the technician, right? We have no qualms about it. When our life breaks or our heart breaks, we're like, oh, no, I'll be fine. It's such a terrible strategy. It's like, no, go to work with someone. There's so many good people that do this stuff. Um, because if it's coming up and it's got some old history, It does seem that a menopausal scenario really amplifies that stuff. And if it's going on for you, then it's really healthy to address it now.
1: Thank you so much for bringing that up. It's so, it's so true. I mean, I say this a lot, I quote this a lot, but there was a, a study done by the Mayo Clinic, a group of scientists from the Mayo Clinic got together and they wanted to see if there was a correlation between adverse childhood experiences and menopause symptom severity. Turned out there was. They interviewed over a 1,000 people and they did see a correlation. And so they concluded that um, childhood and, and healing of childhood or exploring of childhood should be taken into consideration when designing a menopause care plan, especially if there have been ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. And, you know, we live in a fractal based universe, things come round in spirals, you know, we, we, we are going to get those echoes. So whatever happened you in your childhood in puberty with your sexuality your sense of identity all the things that change in menopause um, how you experience that in the beginning will come up again for you to heal it that's the wonder of this time in our lives is that we can actually really dig and get the medicine and then use that to um, make the world a better place spread love um, help other people too. So yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's so important because of course when you see that in uh, certainly in my working capacity, I'm a psychotherapist by training, although now I don't explicitly do psychotherapy, but all those models of like what to look for, trauma, etc., is are there. And of course people tell me a lot of very deep things. And when you hear that and you link that to someone's going through menopause and you see this, and I call amplification of feelings, they're so strong. So it's like, okay, this isn't just... This isn't just the hormone shift. This isn't just your life shift. This is your the, you know, trauma echo that is coming up that probably needs processing in this time of your life. Even if you've done some work in the past, it might need healing in a different way. And the sheer fact of not suppressing it, if you don't suppress, you can express. Yeah. The nice simple model, right? If mm-hmm. we can suppress or express. So find the best way to express it. Normally, therapy. Uh, If that isn't for you and you're not prepared to go there, then my second my second invitation is go move. Right. Life is way too sedentary right now. Modern life is designed in a way to keep us still. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We sit in chairs, we sit in cars, we sit in offices and we sit down after work and chill out. And the human body doesn't work that way. The, The brain doesn't work that way. It's an adaptation system. So if we can process, as you beautifully said about fractals and processing, and mm-hmm. that's how we process. We go through cycles. Women know this every month, right? It's a cycle. Everything's a cycle. And yet if we don't physically express those, um, uh, the physiology of anger, yeah. you don't express those chemicals of stress response, then they're just sitting there. It's just like going on a roundabout. They're just not getting off. are like, God, are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> this is mind-numbing. So movement is such a key. And any movement would be the first port of call. If you're sedentary, go walking like a lot, get up a lot, and then go up and down stairs, and and then start to build it up from there. But The reason I say that is what I've seen with people I've worked with and, and in my personal space, is the physical connection to exercise and movement is actually a connection to your physical body. And the more you connect to your physical body, you're connecting to yourself. Because when we feel disembodied, you know, and you start to hate your body because the body composition or the, what it's making you feel like, you've already got a fight going on. Yeah. So we need to bring that together. One of the best ways is to move. You know, it's just that. And I think movement is joy. You know, I've like been a kid. <laughs> I'm a great big kid. Too. And for me, running around the gym is, is play. It's not work at all. It's great fun.
1: <laughs> I pulled that card. <laughs> there we card. go, play.
0: <laughs> Beautiful.
1: Before we came on, I, pu- Ooh, I pulled a card out of my um, Red school pack, and it was Play. Um, It just is perfect. Yeah. I do. I've discovered movement since going into perimenopause. I was so sedentary before and it was making my insomnia worse and anxiety worse. Um, Yeah. Love movement Do yoga, even, even um, like restorative yoga or yin yoga, where you're just working on the connective tissue. That's so important because that can become really crunched up during menopause especially with dehydration and sitting for long periods of time. Um, but as you say, movement is joy. Movement is life. Yeah. You know, if you're not moving, you're you're shriveling, you're shrinking, you're, what's the word? Is it entropy? You're yeah. en- entropying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's a, well second law of thermodynamics yeah absolutely like life in itself is neg entropy that the uh the physicists say so life itself which is a fluid dynamic process of evolution is is the opposite of entropy
1: yeah
0: um and yeah absolute stagnation i mean if we're using water metaphor uh the body's what 60 plus percent water yeah. if you look at a, a pond that's got blocked up it's all smelly and stagnant and grubby and you look at a fresh stream it's beautiful one. And our blood system's like that, our um, um, lymph system's like that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, our mind is like that, and we're not stuck in these old patterns. But movement is one of the keys. And people say to me, Well, how's that helped me with me psychologically? Well, if you're moving, you have to engage your brain in terms of um, spatial awareness, extra reception, physiological reception. So, so many things are going on. And for those of us who spend way too much time binge thinking thinking and thinking and thinking yes you can quote me on that one because we do right we're binge thinking if you go and walk in the rain and and really feel the rain soaking you through without resistance or you go and lift heavy weights you haven't got time to think because it's you can't be thinking well do I look good in the gym it's like I've got to pay attention (laughs) this is really heavy or hard work you are coming out of the thought space connecting to the experience of felt space it seems that's so much is that. And there's some great female trainers on this as an American trainer. Uh, it's quite a few I've read up on who've done fitness from uh, men or women. And what they talk about is you need strength work, you need to lift heavy and you need plyometrics. Now that might look like you start very slowly over four years. Don't forget 12 weeks. Stop it. I am such an advocate looking. Look at this as like a 12 year plan, not a 12 week plan where are you going? You're going to be here in 12 years, <laughs> right? Seriously, 12 weeks. What are you going to do? <laughs> this
1: is We're not so, about bikini body. This it, is about bl- longevity, right?
0: I would say it's also about feeling and empowerment because when your body is stronger, when you feel more dynamic, that's such an experience. No one can take that from you. Mm. And if you felt disempowered by the menopause or disempowered, because, you know, your, your body composition isn't great because you've been working lots and lots. As you start to find your physical power back, your energetic emotional power comes back with you as well to, to a large extent. And it's, it's, it seems so simple, doesn't it? And yet sometimes the most simplest uh, answers are the most elegant.
1: Yeah. I always say, if you've been disempowered, lift weights to find your power, find your power. If you've been disempowered. Yeah. I started doing my, my PB stuff when I had some real nasty trauma last year, someone had really, fucked me over excuse my french (laughs) but it was good because i you know came back from it so thank you for sharing that let's wrap things up have there been any positive aspects for you that have come out of witnessing your partner through menopause
0: yeah firstly it's just this deeper inquiry and understand that we're always growing Mm. Me and her. So in our personal space, that's me. I'm always growing. I'm never done. And I've done years of coaching and therapy and personal. It's like, ah, it's still going. And and that's actually a beautiful thing because otherwise we're, you know, you become stagnant. So actually as a couple that allows us to grow and understand each other better, I think being raw is real. You know, because we like Instagram life. Like, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? We're so happy. It's like, no, it goes shit sometimes. <laughs> and if you can handle the raw reality, there's something very true about that. So I think it's a lot about this removing this denial and suppression, removing this stuff. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's real. You know, otherwise it's kind sort of flimsy. You know, it's all nice. Yeah. Very veneer like, so yeah, kind of getting down to the, the the visceral side of like, God, that was tough, but we got through it. I think is um, it's a bit like post traumatic growth. Mm. Yeah, so post traumatic growth. The loose my understanding is that after traumatic experience, difficult experience, growth can happen from several factors. We have to make meaning out of something. Yeah. We have to understand what that meant and process it, and we have to process it normally with others that we care about. Yeah. And we have to find a sense of power or strength. Now, that comes from individuals. It comes as couples. It could, it could become as a family. We're mum and kids and everything. Yeah. But if you can find those pieces, let's make sense of this. Let's let's stay connected. Can we find some strength and power? Then growth is almost a certain outcome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which it goes along with the laws of um, the universe, always in evolution, always growing, always striving to find new newness, new new ways to think, new ways to express itself. So I think that is such an opportunity. Thank you so much, Sal, for talking to us today. How do how do you work with people? If people have been inspired by you and they want to work with you, how do you actually work with people? What do you Good offer? Good question.
0: <laughs> so what I offer is uh, a layered approach. So some people come to me for the coaching approach only, which is a talk-based process where we use a lot of psychological models and tools, Uh, a lot of understanding about how physiology works, our nervous system works, the stress response works, how fear and anxiety works, how stress works. And I skill people and coach people around how to shift through those difficult places. So I'm part teacher, part mentor, part coach, uh, as required for that individual to help them get unstuck and to change. So that's the kind of the the coaching. If you're running your own business, then you and your business are directly connected. And I coach people around that conversation as well, because if you're not in a good place or in a better place, we can help your, uh, psychological, emotional makeup as a human and how that affects your work. So it can expand into that, that, uh, space. And thirdly, for the people who really want to go all in, um, there is, there's a waiting list at the moment, but I do take people through a whole process where we do the mindset work. We do the breath work regulations, breath work teacher as well, yeah. all of those spaces to be useful. And then we get my S and C kind of trainer hat on and look at you like an athlete and go, how do you move? There are seven key movement patterns in the body. We look at them. How do you function? Can you lift, hinge, twist, all those kind of things. Mm. And I then craft a, uh, a movement process that can help an individual. Now that could like like the bare basics that we get you from the, from sedentary up to, up to strong. Mm -hmm. Well, that might look like you're doing quite well at the moment, but you could shift up another level to an athlete. But I'm fascinated, Sally, because when we look at the body, cause I don't see exercise as a physical thing. I see it as, an, as a performance thing. Yeah. And you may have muscles, but if you have insecurity, that's not going to help. So how can we bring them together? So, yeah, so there's three spaces to work we can We can work through your personal challenges. We can work through how they affect your business.
1: Yeah.
0: Or we can go in and make you a life athlete. You're cool. I love that.
1: Life <laughs> athlete. And I think actually menopause does present an opportunity for us to dig into our inner athlete, yeah. mind, body and soul.
0: Yeah. Mm. And uh, so I'm fit over 50 and, and I, I live and train like an athlete now. Now, I'm not, to quote, an athlete. So that's mm-hmm. not a brag. It's that when I was 46, I decided that I needed to shift. And by the time I was 50, I was going to be a very different version of me. So I gave myself four years. And I met that four year mark. I'm like, yeah, I've got another, I'm working on another four, four to eight years cycle now. And it's just about how do you show up, how do you feel energized, how do you feel strong, how do you feel out of your head and in your body, and how do you weave them together? Modern life won't give it to you. No. Yeah, we don't run up and down the hill pushing a wheelbarrow anymore, no. you know, taking the horses out. <laughs> you know, we we got knowledge workers, so we have to do something physically. But if someone's experiencing anxiety, stress, stuckness, all of those energies, something isn't working. And I almost guarantee there are good tools and understandings that will shift that. There's nothing wrong with them, but you don't want to get stuck in those yeah, experiences.
1: Exactly. You're the latter program that you spoke about the all in one. Is that in person or online or both?
0: It's kind of both ideally in person because when I work at the, the whole physiological testing is done in person because I need mm-hmm. to see how you move like everything from how your balance systems are, how you hinge, Uh, some people are biased towards an upper body strength. Some people have less flexibility. When I was a yoga teacher, I'd see people come in, women who are so flexible. And the first thing I'd do, I'd say, okay, I want you to go to the gym because you're way too flexible and your hypermobility will destroy your body. So, uh, and of course we do what we're good at. And same with the boys. So we've got the rugby boys come and work with me. I'm like, okay, we're going to do loads of mobility because just lifting weights is not what you need. So it's about looking at what's working and what isn't physiologically yeah and movement wise and also i would add in i help people understand how do you deal with a problem because if you are a flight response person what well, people say anxiety you ways. need skill skill to move towards the problem so if it's giving i'll give you a heavy weight to lift or something to move I, a psychological understanding how to do that you can do the physical stuff and then you can go and uh, let's say grow a part of your business or speak to someone you will take the same understanding and, and overlay that a principle in a different way. So it's very elegant and it's very embodied.
1: Mm. And it sounds like it relates to every part of someone's life.
0: Yeah. So I call it mindset, mood and movement. So all the thinking parts, all the emotional experience and how we move. So how we move from strength, how we move from vitality, how our posture is. Do you even know what's happening in your viscera? So the interoception. Mm. So I, you know, I go from the gross, like muscles and to movement, to the, to the subtle, to are you aware that your jaw is quite tight right now? Because if you're not, you might not know that your uh, vagus nerve is firing like crazy and you can release your jaw muscles. Yeah. So I work from the big stuff to the subtle.
1: Love it. It sounds so integrative. If that's a word which i think it, it is, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a system
0: systems approach because everything's an ecosystem yeah. humans are ecosystems mm-hmm. and the problem we have in our culture i i see is you've got the psychotherapists and you've got the coaches you've got the yoga people and then you've got the fitness trainers and the, and they're all working in different spaces and then if you go and look at an elite athlete and go well what do they use they've got one of each of them in their corner and they work with each of them so my model is i'm lucky i have a multiplicity i have like a, a systems approach but you can integrate this with other people. But I think understanding it psychologically,
1: yeah,
0: having an understanding emotionally because emotions underpin everything, and can you embody it is a very powerful way. Certainly at midlife,
1: right,
0: to change, yeah. When you think it's all downhill, like that's someone's idea, you don't have to own that idea.
1: No, absolutely no, that's, not. That's, it's a choice. Mm, and we've it's seen not an that. easy
0: choice. Yeah, it's not an easy choice. But I've seen some people who are older, and you think they're literal athletes. Like
1: that's so impressive. Mm.
0: And and I have a whole beef with the idea of you know the old people the sign the little triangle. Yeah, <laughs> you the know?
1: bent over with the walking sticks. Yeah,
0: I'm going to be on a skateboard when I'm 19 <laughs> yeah. Because well, put it this way, we're going to live a long time. Yeah. So there's a long life. The health span and the lifespan can be different. So if we are, you know, physically not in good shape, that creates anxiety, that creates stress, that Mm -hmm. creates misery. If we can make a choice about that, then it needs to be ours because modern life won't give it to us. Mm -hmm. We just don't move enough. So we have to build these practices in. The problem I hear most people's is that I don't like exercise. I don't have time for it. I say, no, it's only because you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And I've been there. I've, I, you know, I wasn't the weights guy. I wasn't even. I was rubbish at yoga before I even started it. So I, I've never been good at these things before I started it. Mm-hmm. But I was always curious. And then the minute you start to have some understanding, some skill, you're like, oh, ah, I understand this works now. Yeah. And if you can reconnect with the joy and the playing, then however you do movement and mind work, it's a beautiful thing. Mm.
1: Thank you so much, Sal. I am so inspired i really am this is the conversation i really needed to have today so thank you so much i can't i'm so looking forward to shouting about you and uh guiding people towards your business i think you're a real asset to the menopausal community thank you so much
0: absolute pleasure pleasure to be on and um yeah uh as always um stay strong (laughs) that's all (laughs) i would say and uh, thank you so much for having me on your show
1: you're welcome So, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sal Jeffries. And I just want to take a moment to reflect on my biggest takeaway. And that is how much power there is when we just sit and listen to another person. Real active healing is taking place in that space between two people when we are actively, intentionally holding the space for them and witnessing whatever it is that they are going through. Now, as you may know, I'm currently training to be an ICF certified space holder so that I can safely run group healing sessions and circles. And the deeper I go with this practice, because it is a practice, it's not new knowledge, it's a practice, the more profound I'm finding it. You know, active listening, exuding empathy towards another, dropping into the heart space, allowing for silences. Allowing for pain to be there and really understanding someone else's lived experience, how it is for someone else, has an incredible power to disarm the nervous system, bringing everything back into balance. And I believe that learning to do this within our own lives, you know, with with ourselves first, but within our relationships, this will profoundly minimise menopause symptom severity, I believe. Because healing doesn't happen in isolation. Healing happens in community, in communion with others. And that's why therapy works so well. That's why circles work well and group healing. But it also goes further than that. I'm a big believer that if We can find peace within our own hearts and relationships by doing this active listening and this empathy. The more that will ripple out, having far-reaching consequences for the wider world. So if you're feeling a bit guilty about not being able to do your bit for world peace, feeling a bit powerless and helpless, fear not because simply participating in empathy understanding, active listening, in your own relationships and with yourself, this will ripple out through the ether and it will impact other places, other times. And so it's coming towards the end of the year and I am very much going inwards at the moment, which means I'm deepening my spiritual practice. I'm creating a new space holding offering, which I'll be bringing out into the world next year. So I'm currently just taking the time to let things marinate. But if you would like to be part of the beta test for this new space holding offering, then pop your name down on the list. The link will be in the show notes below and I'd love to see you as part of that beta test. It won't be time heavy, it will probably be half an hour an hour of your time in a joint healing space with some other people, something like that. And just so you know as well, I am currently scaling back a bit and I'm bringing you an episode of the Menopause Mindset podcast now once a month only, but I promise you that you're not going to want to miss them because it's my intention to have bigger and better guests on and go deeper and maybe even longer with our conversations. And one of the reasons I'm doing this is to streamline my time, but also because I'm actually starting another podcast in the new year. I'm collaborating on this with a very dear and special friend of mine who you will love. And I'm going to tell you about that soon. So just to say, please, 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 don't miss next month's episode because it's the one I've been waiting to release for a long time with Eileen Day-McCusick, author of Electric Body, Electric Health. Her book has absolutely changed everything for me. And if you've been listening to these pods for a while, you will know that I've name dropped this book quite a lot. So we get to talk to her in person. You get to hear our interaction and all the goodness and juice that that brings. So I would love to know what your biggest takeaways were. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll notice that you can interact with me now using the Q&A tab at the bottom. Or as always, just come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Sally Garozzo Mind Mentor. Or you can email me info at sallygarozzo.com or even better drop me a message on whatsapp you can find a direct link to my whatsapp in the show notes now in a world where you could be listening to anything I just want to acknowledge you and your drive for better health and well-being I see you and I acknowledge you remember if you're liking these podcasts and you really believe in getting the word out there about menopause, midlife and mental health then please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can help to support the running cost of this pod by buying me a coffee. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Sally Garozzo. Your support means that we get to reach out to more people who need to hear this message. And happy people means a happy world. Your interaction might very well help to save another person's sanity. All right, folks, thank you so much for your support. It means the world. Have a great month and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.